Hello and welcome to the Manifesting Makeup Artist podcast. I'm your host, Amber Tallarico, founder and creator of the What It Takes documentary and now online platform. I'm so excited to bring this podcast to our community that offers education, motivation, and inspiration. It's my mission to connect education with mindset techniques so that you can manifest the career of your dreams. If you love this episode, make sure to give us a five-star review and feel free to take a screenshot on your phone to share with your social media and tag us on Instagram. I want to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors, EI School of Makeup, where artistry meets industry. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this podcast. All right, are you ready to manifest the shit out of your career? I sure hope so, because I know I am. Let's get on with the show. This week is so exciting. I've got a super, super special guest. Most likely you know exactly who that is. It's none other than the legendary woman herself, Erin Kruger-McCash. Erin is a makeup designer and department head for film and television. And you may or may not know this, but she has won eight Emmys. One in which was for producing. So she also produces for American Horror Story. She has been for the last couple uh, seasons and she won an Emmy for that as well. Aside from her artistry, it is absolutely incredible. Um, So most of you know her work on American Horror Story, but you might also know her work on Glee or Nip Tuck or American Crime Story. Like she has, she's kind of just like everywhere and she's hands down like the busiest working artist that I personally know anyways. And check this out. Listen, listen to what she's been up to for the last year or so with TV shows and film. Okay. Just, just listen to this. Okay. So, so some of the new and upcoming TV shows that she worked on that are getting ready to premiere are Hollywood and Ratchet, both of which I am super duper duper excited for. I feel like Ratchet has been like in the making for a very long time and I've been seeing so many of posts like behind the scenes of the the hair and the makeup department and also with Hollywood. Both of I'm just like super super excited for both of them. Hollywood I know is premiering I believe May 1st so check that out it's going to be on Netflix and you'll be able to see Erin and her team's work on that show I cannot wait for that it's going to be absolutely amazing aside from those two tv shows she also was working on some films called Run and Hillbilly LG now it does not stop there you guys as we were recording this podcast when I interviewed her she was currently department heading the film version of the Broadway musical The Prom Okay, so that is, that's Erin that's in just like the last year, okay? She's probably like, oh my god, Amber, I can't believe you're saying all this. But I want to like really share with you just how badass this woman is. Like basically Erin is a badass boss. Like I look up to her so much. She and I actually met through Carrie Ayers. So shout out to Carrie if you're listening. He introduced me to seriously so many people aside from Aaron. So I I love that guy to death and I want to give him a huge shout out. And Aaron and I met back in 2014, I believe. So around that time, it's crazy how time flies to think about that that was 2014. But she agreed to be a part of my film, What It Takes. And what stuck out to me the most was how eager she was to help a small no-name artist like myself. And she actually talks about this in the interview that you're about to hear where, um, you know, 
being an artist where you're just starting out and you're just trying to meet people and you it's incredibly intimidating to go up to somebody as big as Aaron or as big as V Neal or as big as Rick Baker and, and ask for their advice or ask to get coffee with them. And so for her to say yes, because we actually grabbed coffee uh, at a local coffee place in Burbank and for her to say yes, I was just like basically peeing my pants. (laughs) Like I was just like beside myself. And, um, we had a really nice chat and she agreed to be a part of my film. And, um, this is just something that she lives by as an artist. She just loves meeting and working with up and coming artists. And she's truly just someone I really admire to the core of my being. And both Aaron and her husband, Mike have really supported me as an artist and my journey and everything I've done with what it takes. So they, so they have such a special place in my heart to say the least. And every artist should strive to be like both of them, both Aaron and Mike. Like, they're just, like, phenomenal human beings. And during our interview, Aaron talks about her journey when she first started in the industry at 18 years old. And we also talk about how important it is to know, as an aspiring makeup artist, that success does not happen overnight. Even though it might seem like it, like, on the outside, you know, looking to somebody that is winning awards or is making a lot of money or is, you know, working nonstop, like, sometimes can look like, oh my god, like, like an overnight success, right? Um, But it's not always the case. And so, without further ado, let's welcome Erin Kruger-McCash. All right. Hello, Erin. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. It's glad glad to be talking to you today. <laughs> yes, we have a really <laughs> fun topic that I've been really excited. I thought that this was the perfect topic to talk to you about, which is that success does not happen overnight. So first yes. and foremost, Erin, I would love for you to share with our audience how you got into makeup. Well, um, you know, I was always really passionate about monsters when I was a little kid and my brother was, my family was always into monster films and Halloween and Halloween parties. And so I kind of had a really, um, immersive, uh, childhood with all that. So I was, they were really okay with me watching horror films and all that. So I, I, had always had that in the back of my mind that I loved them, but I really didn't know. And this is in the seventies. I didn't really know how to get, uh, you know, on board with maybe doing makeup or going to school for that or anything. And my parents bought me um, like the Dick Smith do it yourself makeup book and a few other little books and things because they knew that I loved it and I would dabble in it and everything. But um, as I went through school and started seeing having more access to other films and also behind the scenes stuff, which was airing on television, I realized that it was a job and it's something I could probably pursue. And so little by little, I managed to figure out how to get into doing makeup. And um, when I was working at a ski shop. Um, my uh, Somebody brought in a flyer for a makeup effects shop, which um, Sandy Berman ran, who um, Sandy was my first mentor, and she recently passed away. And um, I was always uh, a big fan of hers and so encouraging. And um, she's the one that got me into telling me what shops to call and, and who to talk to. And I, I did all that. I just did followed her advice. And she was always such a positive person in my life. And that just kind of resulted in me. Um, getting a job in 
for with John Beekler, who was like my next mentor, and he was always really good to me. And so um, he's also uh, passed away <laughs> last year. And so um, I, uh, I just my, I had always loved it. And I think that it was one of those things that I would have been just happy as a clam to just be doing makeup and doing monsters. Um, but once I got into doing monsters in, in makeup effects shops, I realized that um, it wasn't exactly the main reason why I should, like, I, I think I wanted to do, I wanted to do design. I wanted to um, be part of application. And I really wasn't going to be doing that if I stayed in the shops for my whole career. So I was there for about four or five years and um, started doing a little bits of uh, little tiny jobs here and there as a department head. And that just built onto working in General Hospital with my next mentor, Donna Messina, who has also passed away recently. And um, I've had all my mentors of, <laughs> almost all my mentors have passed away, which is really crazy. And I'm just glad that I was able to tell them how much I love them before they, they passed on. But um, I, uh, she was the head of um, General Hospital Makeup Department, and she's the one that really encouraged me to just go for it and, and do, you know, makeup, uh, do makeup effects, prosthetics, and all kinds of stuff. So um, I had a lot of encouragement, and um, I couldn't have done it without my mentors. But the, that's how I started, was um, I really just loved makeup and monsters so much that it just ended up, my passion just ended up rolling into a career and I still love it. I've been doing it for a little, about 33 years and um, I still am really crazy about it. Um, the business has changed a lot, but I still really love it. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love that you said, you know, that you, you didn't know that it was a real makeup, you know, that it's a, it's a real thing to have a career in makeup. I feel like a lot of us can relate to that, that Mm -hmm. it's not it's not really talked about you know it's that whole side of like this is an actual career path that you can take where you can make a sustainable income and everything like that it's very much you know a stigma I guess about the makeup artistry industry that oh it's just kind of whatever like it's just a whatever job but it's it's not the case and it's really cool that you also had that moment in your life as well oh and that's not to say that I had a few moments there where I would I couldn't like buy groceries and I mean more than a few of those days and you know I'd end up you know thinking my parents lived, had moved to Northern California when I was still like 20 21 years old or 22 years old and I just um there was times when I would I, I ended up somehow hooking up with this amazing photographer that would do a lot of headshot stuff she was a uh an actress and she did headshots on the side to supplement her income when she wasn't busy and she would pay me or have I'm sorry the person that was doing the headshots would pay me like a hundred dollars to do their makeup and hair and it really like got me through so much craziness and at one point my parents you know were up in Northern California and it was like you know three days before Christmas and I was like how am I gonna get there I have no money for gas like I couldn't fly there. And I was just like, Oh my God, am I going to have to skip Christmas? And then I got home and there was a check in the mail for like a hundred dollars. And I was like, I'm off, I can do this. You know, it's like those little like pennies from heaven, things that happen. Like somebody will say, can you come do this job? I'll pay you cash. And you're just like, yes, you just do anything to make it happen. And it builds and it builds and it builds into relationships and into 
things that happen for you. And then all of a sudden you're just like, this is crazy. I'm actually working and I'm not starving to death. And I'm not now I don't have to work that nighttime job. And I've run into a couple of girls actually recently. I was, we were shooting at this mall, um, filming the film that I'm working on right now, the prom at this mall in um, Northridge and two girls that were th there. One was a background girl and one was background artist. And one was a, uh, an artist that was working in Sephora had seen me do um, some talks like at mud and another one had seen me online or something and she followed me and they, I was so impressed with them because they just came up to me and were like, I just wanted to say, hi, I love your work and stuff. And I was just so blown away by, I was so proud of them for like, I said, I know how hard it is to come up to people and say something because I was that person too. And it's all just so difficult to reach out to people and to say like, here's my card, here's my resume, if you ever need anybody, you know, and there's the amount of times that people don't need someone is so massive, but then there's, there'll be there's that one time that somebody needs, needs some, somebody to work with them or maybe have an assistant or something. And that's when those situations come back to you. Like when you're younger, you remember that of like how hard it was to just try to make ends meet for a while. And then all of a sudden it changes over and you're like, I'm doing it. I'm working. I'm like, it's a, <laughs> I'm, I'm like in a career. And that in itself for me, that was successful. That was success for me was when I was able to like feed myself, pay my bills and like keep doing what I loved. That was so massive. And it was, it was in my early twenties, but I still was, cause I'd already been doing it. I'd been working in this business since I was 18. So to be like, that seemed like a really long time when you're young, six years or something. Right, right. <laughs> to be like, oh my God, I'm I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually feeding myself and paying my rent is so huge. So there's different levels of success as far as I'm concerned. And sometimes it is just reaching out to somebody that you that you like their work or um or if it's just um you know you know make, paying your bills is a huge successful thing. So, uh, doing what you want to do. And maybe that's, maybe that's, you know, being, um, you know, an influencer or something online or, you know, that you have a bunch of followers, maybe that's success to you. So it is, there's a lot of different levels of that. Yeah. That, and that's so true because a lot of people, you know, kind of essentially have different ideas of what success is. So I'm really glad that you said that because it's so true. And I do love that you said that those girls came up to you because it is, it's really intimidating to go up to somebody so that you, you look up to, you, you never know what they're going to say. You know, some, some people can be really hard and mm -hmm. you, you never know if that's going to be somebody that's going to, you're going to run into. So it, it takes a lot of, of guts and gumption to, to approach some, somebody that you really look up to. But you see that those those are the kind of people that you end up <laughs> that you me that I might end up working for someday, you know, because they they have that drive to, um, you know, to put themselves out there. I, I even have a couple of very young uh, makeup people that got into the union, and they're the you know he, one of them in particular is a gentleman named Rory. Um, I think his last name's pronounced Galio, and he's um, twenty one. And he's in the union and he is, he's the, the guy on set that is not on his phone. And he's the one that's like watching me all the time. And the minute I need something, he's like, what do you need? I'll go get it. Like, he's just, and that's like, that's how 
I used to be. And it's just, it's a lot of, you see that kind of, um, that's somebody that's going to go really far because they have their eyes on detail. They have their eyes on what's going on on set. They're not just sitting there. You know, I don't, I don't really care if people are on their phone that much because it's, that's how we communicate nowadays. And so, um, but to have somebody that's like keeping an eye on what's going on as well as looking at their phone maybe once in a while is a um, huge, massive thing instead of somebody just sitting there, you know, um, online all day. And I'm guilty of that as well. So I think that's why I see when I see people doing that kind of thing, having, having their, you know, being really focused about that stuff is really super impressive. So there's, you know, there's, it's, it takes a lot to, it just takes a lot to put yourself out there. I mean, I remember that so distinctly when I got in the union, I used to make, I think I'm, I think I'm perceived as a, um, as somebody that's extroverted, but I'm actually kind of introverted in a way. And, um, like that weird thing. And, uh, I used to have to make myself call people in the, I had the union book. I had to make myself call people. I'd like five times a day. Nowadays you can kind of text people and it's not quite as, doesn't feel as invasive, you know, or you can like DM them or something on Instagram. Like, hi, here's my resume. But back (laughs) then when you're just calling people, there wasn't even like, there was barely answering machines. So you'd just be like, the phone would be ringing forever. And then hello. And you're like, somebody, Oh, hi, this is, you know, and I'd be like, Oh, I'm not, I don't hire people. You know, so many times it would be like, Oh no, no, I'm not, not that's, I'm not, I don't hire people or whatever. It's like, okay. But then you get the one person and be like, Oh, I've got this thing I'm doing this weekend. Once you come down and meet with me and stuff. And the, the one person that says yes is how it starts, you know? Yeah. So um, just takes that one person. It's the gumption thing. And I remember that so, so specifically and putting yourself out there to maybe possibly be rejected is, um, it's really hard. Yeah. You have have to do it. I always tell people, people aren't getting, people aren't bothered by it. Like they expect people to call them if you're, if they're hiring somebody, like, don't worry about getting turned down. It's like, that's, Mm -hmm. that's just how it is. So just put yourself out there and they'll remember you. I mean, that's how I ended up getting in over at general hospitals. Cause I, I would call them like once a week, I would call CBS, ABC and NBC who were like pretty much non-union then. Um, they had a different kind of, they had a different union where you could, when you worked a certain amount of days, you were just automatically in. And so I would call them and call them and call them. And then all of a sudden there was a new department head that looked over all of the makeup aspects, uh, makeup and hair aspects of this, of ABC. And she was like, Oh, I need somebody to work on the Oscars to do these prosthetic ears and a bald cap. And why don't you come in and do that? And that was like the beginning because I was the last person that bugged her. She was like, you come in and do this. I want to have fresh faces. Of course it didn't go over very well when I showed up and all the, you know, veteran old timers, you know, that had been doing this for 30 years were there and they can do this in their sleep. And here I was like, I'm here to do a ball cap. And everyone was just like, you know, they were like, God, that's not what I, I should have been doing that. And they, (laughs) and they should have, they should have been doing it. Like I had no, there was no reason why they shouldn't have been doing it. But I also made some friends that way too, by being just naive and putting my hand out and people are just so irritated with that, but you got to have a thick skin. I mean, that's just, that was one of the things about working in makeup effects shops is I think I got a thick skin and it really helped me a lot too. Yeah, definitely. Well, I would, so going, you were mentioning, you know, kind of different definitions of success and you've had an, an, 
I mean, enormous amount of success. So you, there was a comment. Let me see. So I have up here, there was something that I posted. It said, you are not too old and it is not too late. And your comment back to that was, and I'm really just reading this from what you said. It said, you said, remember mm -hmm. I won my first award at 47 and people thought I was an overnight sensation. They didn't know I'd been working for 28 years already. So mm -hmm. I would love for you to talk about kind of the misconception that some people, you know, bring to the idea of success in that it can happen overnight. Well, I think that uh, a lot of it is people have a really, they, I think a lot of people see awards, you know, as being like the ultimate success and, um, Oh, by the way, a side note, my cats are crying right now. So you might hear them in the background. That is not a baby. <laughs> Those are my crazy cats that are like, you're in the house and I need attention. They're totally crying. And they keep walking across the keyboard um, on my iPad. So anyway, um, so there's that. But as far as success goes, a lot of people see as awards as being successful. And I personally think it's probably the lowest means of success because it's not the ultimate. The ultimate is, I think, being a good person, giving back to your community and helping people is what I define success as. But, and having the means to do it, having the means to like hire people and get them their hours and, and help others and do a good job and educate. Yeah. That's how what I think success is. I know there are a lot of people that are like, I'm going to take my next job based on the fact that I hope it gets an Oscar nomination. Right, and right. Um, that's, that's common. And it's, for me, I just feel like it's such a weird thing. You should be picking something that you want to work on and something that might bring you joy and, mm -hmm. um, and not just constantly thinking that, Oh, I'm in my forties or I'm in my fifties and, and, and time is ticking. I mean, I have, two girlfriends, one um, who was an incredible hair, hairdresser, one um, last year for Vice, and she is, it was our first, her first Oscar win, and she is um, in her early 60s, yeah. and it's like, she's been doing hair forever and ever and ever, and she's the coolest person, and I know a lot of people that, that won awards later, you know, but there's a lot of people that have won awards when they're 30 and they, that all they do is like strive to try and get back to that place of that feeling yeah. of like, that was their, that's, it's almost like being like the high school football star yeah. and like their, yeah. their whole life, like that was their penultimate moment. And then they, so the rest of their life is searching for that mm -hmm. joy that they had. So that's a, that's a really good point that you make. I love that. It's really like, and I know guys like that in high school too, that were like, they were the superstars and then that's all they talk about. So it, it, it is like a, um, it is like a thing. I think, um, yeah. I, I did, I was nominated, um, when I was much younger, uh, for general hospital for doing, uh, for day, a daytime Emmy when I was like 20. Three. And I just thought it was the most crazy, insane thing ever because I really didn't think that was ever something that I would, you know, be part of. And I just thought it was so, so nifty and cool. And, um, but that was, that was it, you know, that was kind of the thing. I didn't never thought that I would, um, 
get the uh, get the award uh, or anything like that. Um, and I, but I still would, uh, you know, even when I was working on like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which is also one of my big, my big turning points in my career. When I was like 27, I was department heading that show, which had tons of prosthetics on it, and um, and I would submit every year anyways, even though there was no category for a multi-camera show. I would submit anyways because then people might get to see my work. It's like free publicity, you know. So, um, but not really expecting that much of it. And I, I didn't end up getting like proper nominations and stuff until I was working for Ryan Murphy. And that was in 2003. So I was in my mid thirties. I, that was like the first time I received like a prosthetic nomination. Uh, also like a non prosthetic nomination. And I just started getting them and it was just so crazy. I was just thinking, my God, this is insane. And, and I didn't win anything. And I was just so happy to be doing what I was doing and having my peers recognize my work for, for what it was and how that they liked it and appreciated it, that I was just perfectly fine going along, getting nominated. I was so happy to be nominated. I mean, when people say it's just an honor to be nominated, it is, it really is. But then when you win one, it's like a whole different thing. So that's just an absolute thrill. Um, it's it's just so insane and cool. But it's not a it's just not about that. It's 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 about how good of work you're doing, and also the success part of it. Like I said, it might be. It depends on what you want. Do you want to be that person that is, um, you know, winning the awards, or you know, is is you know, you know. A million followers more what you want to do or is it giving getting a paycheck and being able to support your family still like having getting to do both is that your is that success so it's just having having I think I would have been uh, very overwhelmed if I had gotten an award when I was like 30 years old I think it would have really as you're still growing and figuring out who you are at 30 like to have an award, I think would have maybe just really knocked me for a loop. You know, I think that that would have been, or to be like the youngest person ever to receive blah, blah, blah. You know, right. that's, it's a, that's a big thing. Like that's a lot of responsibility and a lot to ask yourself and you have like a whole career ahead of you. So, and I'm not saying like people shouldn't try they should for sure, but it is a lot. So, uh, you know, when I started started getting these nominations and stuff. I don't think anybody um, realized that I had been nominated. I think it was like 28 times before I won mm -hmm. and something like that. I think that's what I told you it was. And it was, I think at a guild awards show and I won uh, for, I think it was for American Horror Story Freak Show. I think I won two of them and I won something for, I won like three or something. It was insane. I think, and wasn't it the normal heart? I believe it was the normal heart, right? Maybe it was the normal heart. And I also won for, yeah, I think I won for movie. And then I won for American Horror Story for something. Anyway, so I got three of them for the Guild Awards. And I was just so blown away by it. Um, maybe it was for Scream Queens and for American Horror Story. I think that's what it was. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyway, so... Uh, and someone came up to me, somebody, it was somebody really amazing. I can't remember who it was now, but, 
and they said, oh, you, you've just won all these awards and this is incredible and you're following, you know, in everyone else's footsteps. And, and I kept thinking, oh, maybe, they don't, maybe it's dark in here and they don't realize how old I am because I'm, at the time, I mean, I was, it was only, it was only like six years ago. So I was like, I was like, I'm, I mean, at the time I was probably like 46 years old. And I said, well, you know, I've, I've, I've been doing this a long time and this is like the 28th nomination I've received or something. And they were like, what? And I said, yeah, I've, I've been doing makeup for, you know, at the time was like 28 years or something. And they just looked at me so blown away because they hadn't heard of me or I was over there chugging away, doing my thing, you know, mm -hmm. on other shows and like, just keep doing, doing what I was doing and uh, not, not a super fancy lifestyle or anything, but, and, you know, there wasn't the, not until just recently in the past 10 years or so, was there the opportunity like on Instagram or whatever to promote yourself, which I'm still not great at, but I try and make myself do anyway. But it's, um, it's, it's a perception, you know, of like overnight success. And it's like, well, that's a, it was a lot of overnights though. You know, that's a, <laughs> that's a lot of overnights. So, you know, there's like, there were so many setbacks and so many times when, where I wasn't working full time, um, or I was constantly striving to like find something, you know, to make it work. And I just knew, I knew what I wanted to do and I knew, what um and I knew that there was times when uh I was gonna have to take two steps back one step forward kind of thing yeah, and um yeah. and I had a lot of you know criticism from guys in, in makeup effects shops saying things like you never should have quit makeup effects shops you're not going to be successful at you know doing that and then hearing that I was working at a on a soap opera everyone's like oh she just totally sold herself down the river and and the whole time I was like but I'm going to get in the union like I, that's what I'm doing over here at general hospital is I'm getting in the union. So, cause like I, that was in the days when they still have it, the non-union way, but that was when you got, you know, a certain amount of days within a three year period. And um, I just kept chugging away and I got in the union and I was like, this is what, that was my, that was my biggest thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to have insurance. Like that was like the ultimate to me was having insurance. And I got it. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. So I think as you go along too, as different levels of success too, where you think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do yeah. that. And then you get in and then you go, okay, now my next thing, just like all your, you know, yeah. your wonderful classes and things you teach people. And, you know, I told you that I've never done that because I always was just like, if I can just get past this one little thing and then maybe I'll look to do something else. I was always just like, very, very uh, nearsighted, you know, of like, I just want this one thing to happen for me. I want to try and do this one thing. And so this year I was like, I need to do a vision board. I'm going to try it. So you've totally inspired <laughs> me to do a little, to do a little, uh, you know, vision album in my phone actually is what yes. I, it is. But, um, and we'll see how it goes, but it's, it is really, uh, you know, one of those things I, I didn't know how long, I never knew how long my career was going to last. I never knew if it was like a longevity thing or if, you know, some revolution was going to come in and like, we don't need makeup artists anymore. Like I just, I was like this, I'm enjoying it as I, as I'm doing this right now, I'm enjoying this project right now. And when it gets close to the next project, I'll look for something. I mean, at the end of that project, I'll look for something else. Um, but I know a lot of people that are, 
that have a completely different view on that. And they, they are incredibly, incredibly successful. They, they always, they have agents. I don't have an agent. They have people that are constantly looking out for them to fit the next project in. And um, I've never been that person. I had an agent once and got a job from them. And, and then that was the end of that. I just, I just never really did that. But a lot of people uh, get, you know, they, they just keep working and going to the next project because of their agents. And, and that's an incredible, that's a whole nother thing. So, um, right. Right. It's all, I think it's all self-perception about how, what, what do you want? You know, um, what do you want to do? What, what fulfills you? What makes you happy? And, um, a lot of people say, why aren't you doing more film work? And you should be doing giant films. I've been, when I'm enjoying myself then then there's no reason to look for other other work you know yeah so a lot of it is that too yeah and you were so you were talking about the union and I remember when we interviewed you for what it takes you had mentioned that it it did take you you know a little while Mm -hmm. to get in the union and I feel like there's a lot there's a lot of makeup artists that are only I don't know like a year in and are already getting frustrated because they haven't gone on something that's flipped and it's kind of frustrating because it's like getting in the union takes time there's a reason why they have kind of these stipulations. And so I would love for you. So how long did it end up taking you to get in? Seven years. Seven years. So I started in, uh, I thought for sure that I would be able to like use my make my makeup effects days for, for stuff and turned out I couldn't. So I just kept plugging along and making do where I could. And, you know, I worked here and there doing makeup effects jobs when I needed cash and, all those things. So I just, you know, that was, I, but I knew that I ultimately wanted to be in the union. So I just kept making steps towards that. And so by the time I got in, I got in in 93 and I'd been working in makeup and makeup effects since, uh, 86. (laughs) So it took me that long. Like I just didn't have, I didn't, I never had the, you know, the film connection to do the, to do the flip part of it. I didn't have that. So this was the the next best way that I could do it was by um, going through the uh, channel, like the ABC or NBC. And so I would just call them constantly. I knew knew that I could get in that way. So it just took finding what I needed to do, uh, finding the right path. But it's surprising how many things do flip nowadays and the more people you keep contacting and know that people are available then it, then it, you know, it can happen. Um, but it's, there's no, there's no one way. Like everybody has a different story about how they got in. Everybody does. Like some people go, I finished school and I started on this job and it turned union and I got in the union like, right. and they're 23 years old, you know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> whoa. So <laughs> and then they have a whole nother set of problems because people yeah. that are in their thirties that have been working for a long time are like, how did you get in here? How did exactly. you, you're 23, you don't have any experience and then they don't hire you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a whole nother thing. Right. So, but that's how I've met some, like some of my favorite people was because of that. Like I had a friend who was teaching at mud and said, will you please um, meet my one of my students, she just got in the union and she doesn't know anybody and everybody's been really kind of pushed her, pushed her kind of aside. I was like, yeah, of course. And she was a totally rad person as um, Melissa Buell. 
And she's just oh, like, yeah, Melissa. she's been doing this for a long time now. But at the time she was just like, I don't know anybody like this is crazy. So we just, we became friends and she, uh, I hired her all the time and she, she's an incredible artist, um, prosthetic and beauty makeup artist. But it, it, but sometimes there's like a, there's like a flip to that where people were just like, oh no, you don't, you don't have enough experience to be um, hired or yeah, whatever, just assume, you know? Yeah. 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 So it's a double-edged sword. It can be very, can be very intimidating. Yes, absolutely. And I, that's something, cause I mean, I haven't gotten in yet and I've, I've been working on this for what, eight years now. And even, mm -hmm. cause I still have, you know, done some things that were union shows, but even those like lower tier union shows, it's still intimidating because just that, that caliber is just the bar is set so so much higher than like non-union things. So it, there's a lot to be learned, you know, and um, like you said, everybody has their own way of getting in, of course, but mm -hmm. um, you know, the moral of the story is that nothing really happens overnight. You know, the success does not happen overnight. It takes time. No. And you, I mean, you look back on it and you go, and at the time, you know, too, it was when I got in, they had the journeyman's test and I literally got in, gave my money, which was a lot less than, but of course I was also didn't have any money. So it was just like, could have, it was might as well have been a million dollars. It didn't matter. And I think I borrowed half of it from my parents and paid them back. And, um, I got in the union and within like three days of joining or three weeks of joining, I got a letter to take my journeyman's class and I was to my, my journeyman's test. And I was like, Oh my God. And I was so freaked out about it. And my girlfriend, Tanya, who was already in the union said, just take it anyways. And then you'll, you'll know how it goes. If you don't pass it, you can take it again. You'll know exactly what the scoop is. And so that's what I did. And you just have to like, but I had met her on a commercial and you know, I just, it was one of those weird things. Like you just meet people in the weirdest places and you stay in touch with them. And then all of a sudden things just start happening like the slowest moving train going out of the station. And, but then uh, things start happening for you and, and you, you just connect on the right level with people and things, things start working. And it's, it seems so long when you're in it. Um, mm -hmm. But then after a while, it's like, oh, that actually wasn't as long as I thought it was or, or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's, it, yeah. yeah, it's really crazy. And it's so, it's, it's terrifying to, you know, go on a union set or um, when you get, you finally get that job uh, that you wanted. And, you know, when you get things that you, that you've been wanting for such a long time, it's also really scary too. But like I said, though, success is different for everyone. And, um, but there isn't really a, there's not a real definition of what success is. I certainly don't think it's awards. I think that totally. uh, I know so many people, like I said, that are older than I am that are just getting recognized for their work. And um, they've been doing beautiful, incredible work for a million years, like a million years. And that's when people are like, oh, that's so cool that they're getting recognized, you know, for what they've been doing for so long, uh, so well-deserved. Or um, Mike always says, it's better to be, you know, not get an award and say, and say they should have gotten an award than to get an award and people say they didn't deserve it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, always, he always says that to me, which is, um, which is, that's, he would say that to me 
um, when I was, when I had, when I didn't win, when I never would win. So, and I was, I always thought that was always made me feel really good, you know, cause I, I was, I was never like anticipating winning anything, but, um, people were so excited for me when I did finally win. And it was such a cool, great feeling, but it's not the ultimate feeling. I think that, um, I think that doing a good job and enjoying your work and, and achieving something that, you know, within your job is a really a rewarding experience. Um, yeah, for sure. so there were many years when I didn't have anything, no, no, um, nominations or awards or anything. So, um, incredibly honored to have awards though. Um, but I definitely think I benefited from getting them later in life. Yeah, I love that. And bringing us to the last question that I have for you is what advice would you give to new makeup artists that are maybe just in the first few years of their career? It's such a tough thing to give advice to people. Um, because everybody has such different personalities. Um, and I think that I, the only way that I could give advice is to say how I did it, which was I, I persevered. Like I just call, I called people. I did, I had a thick skin. I didn't weep about things. I, I continued to just go forth and call and bother people and work on any, any little project that I could and um, make myself available to people, inter, you know, introduce myself to people, go to the events that, um, you know, they didn't have IMATS back then, but they had like Bangoria convention and they had, sometimes I would, I would volunteer to do, you know, charity events cause you never know who you're going to meet there. Um, it was, it was always just, putting myself out there was a big part of it. And whether or not somebody has a job for you or not by introducing yourself or giving your name or your number or um, telling people what you can do and, you know, taking pictures of your work and having a portfolio, whether it's an online portfolio on a website or a physical one or whatever you feel. I think it's, you have to just take as many jobs as you're offered and, and not be, you you have to do things in the beginning that are not that don't have a lot of pay unfortunately but you it, it it's all experience and you know in the beginning when i was working in makeup effects shops i was basically getting paid to go to school it was you know it's it's all of that stuff ends up being um education i mean life is education but it definitely is uh, part of it. And, and hopefully you can find some kind of job that is flexible enough to let you, you know, make a little bit of money while you're, while you're trying to achieve your dreams. And, uh, and I think that's, that's the important part is like finding that like in between part where you can pay, pay your way and be independent, but also, you know, be able to do jobs, uh, do makeup jobs as they come. And it's, it's all about, perseverance and like having it not getting too emotional about um about the setbacks it's really it's really hard but um you can you can spot the people i can spot the people that are going to make it and it's like they just have a great personality they have a great way about them they're mellow and cool and 
interested in helping and doing whatever job it takes. Um, and sometimes you're, you know, not getting a lot of sleep because you're taking too many jobs, but if that's what your passion is, you find a way. Yeah. That I love everything that you said. It seriously just embodies everything that I believe. And so thank you, Erin, so much for. You're so welcome. I'm so happy to help you out and do this. And I love that you're, that you have this cool podcast and, um, it's a, a super great way to get information across to people. I love podcasts and I, and I love that you're, you've, you've like developed into this, what it takes is developed into this, uh, this genre. So very cool. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you so much. That means seriously the world to me. Awesome. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Aaron Cougar McCash just as much as I have. Definitely make sure you go follow her on Instagram. Her Instagram is at Megapag. That's just at M-A-K-E-U-P-H-A-G. And you can also follow us on Instagram as well. It's at whatittakes underscore M-U-A. Last but not least, go check out my film What It Takes at www.whatittakesfilm.com where you can see even more of Erin amongst other amazing makeup artists like Vineal, Joel Harlow, Sarah Tano, and 20 plus more. I'll see you guys next time.